Well, thank you for joining us today on Telestai. Yesterday, we began a message entitled, How Can I Deal with Guilt and Shame? Guilt and shame is a struggle that many believers fight, they struggle with and deal with throughout their lives. Guilt and shame are thieves, and they can rob us of the joy and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives quicker than anything else can. How do we deal with that? What did Jesus do on the cross in the shedding of his blood, the pouring out of the water, the blood and water from his side, as John recorded? How does that all apply to the sacrifice of the Messiah, the prophecies of what he would do when he would come as it relates to dealing with guilt and shame? Well, we're going to get into that and look at that for the remainder of this week. So let's get back into the message. How can I deal with guilt and shame? Every one of us in here this morning wrestles with these two things. And some of us wrestle with it more than others. Why blood and water as John recorded? And it's interesting that John was the apostle who recorded this as is so important when you go through, especially the Gospel of John, John emphasizes Jesus' ties and his connection to the feast probably more than the other Gospels do. Passover in particular, as well as tabernacles. And associated with tabernacles is Yom Kippur. Now, these pictures were given to us as we've talked about over the last several months in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you remember Moses was told by God to, you know, erect this tabernacle. And there was this big fence around it that was covered up. And then when you walked into the tabernacle or into that tabernacle area, this obviously was the east side of it, south side of it, north side of it, west side of it. It was always facing east. And when you came in, you had the brazen altar. That's the first thing you encountered where they offered the sacrifices up to God. After that, of course, you had the brass laver. And then you went on inside into the tabernacle itself. On this side, you had the menorah that were there. And on this side, you had the table of showbread over here. On this side over here, you had the altar of incense. And then you had the big curtain. And then inside of this was the Holy of Holies. But here's the thing. Moving toward, and again, this is a picture of moving toward the presence of God. The first thing you have to encounter in moving toward the presence of God is this altar. And what takes place at the altar? Sacrifice. Something is sacrificed. Why is there a sacrifice given? To deal with guilt. But then once you move past that altar, you come to a brass laver that's full of water. What is the water for? The water is given to the priest for, and for the sacrificial, sacrificial process, cleansing. You're dealing with guilt, and you're dealing with cleansing that's taking away shame that's associated with the guilt in order to move toward the presence of God. 
blood, water. Absolutely essential in moving toward the presence of God. That's the first picture we're given of this. But then, of course, as we talked about last week, when we come to Yom Kippur, remember there were two goats sacrificed. One was a goat who was going to be given for sacrifice. And his blood would be shed to deal with the people's guilt. The other goat was a scapegoat. That scapegoat was carrying their sins far, far away. Their guilt is dealt with by the blood and the sacrifice. Their shame associated with their guilt is carried far, far away and removed. And we come to Jesus. Jesus was pictured in both of those goats. Jesus is pictured in this altar and the sacrifices on it. Jesus is pictured in this brass laver and the water for cleansing. And again, remember Moses was told by God, you build this tabernacle off the pattern that I showed you on the mountain. And what Moses saw on the mountain was heavenly. He saw the heavenly tabernacle. And Moses built and did what he did. So there was an altar. A sacrifice is pictured, as it were, in heaven. And they're, they're not, that doesn't mean there are sacrifices being given in heaven of animals. No. But there was a picture there. And there was a, and I see, we see this in the, in the book of Revelation in chapter 4. There is a sea of glass before the throne of God. There are the sevenfold spirit of God. There's an altar of incense there that John records and sees. He sees all of this. But the way into the presence of God was always by means of blood and water. Sacrifice to deal with guilt and to deal with shame. And Jesus, when he died on that cross, his blood that came out first was a picture again of dealing with our guilt before God for sin. The water that followed it came for cleansing to take away our shame that's associated with that particular guilt. You see, we don't just need forgiveness. We also need cleansing. We don't just need forgiveness. We need cleansing from the Lord. If you don't have faith... In the Messiah, in the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture says, and Jesus made this very clear, that if you don't repent and believe, here's what happens to you. You die in your sins. You die in them. In the condition that your sins have taken you to. You die guilty, legitimately guilty, and you've had nothing You've not accessed the only access to take away your guilt and your shame and secure your forgiveness. It's already been given to you. You've rejected that. And so your sin remains. Your sin remains. Your sin still clothes you. Your sin still defines you. Your sin is upon you. Even though it has legitimately been dealt with and taken away, you have rejected that offer. You said no to it. So you die in your sins. 
And sin and rebellion against God leaves us in a state of condemnation. Condemned before God. And our unbelief leaves us there. And so we also, because sin automatically brings with it guilt and shame. We carry our guilt and our shame around with us if we reject Christ all of our life. And the longer a person remains unrepentant, the harder their heart and their conscience becomes. The more desensitized they become to the voice of God calling them. Especially when God has launched out and reached them. And that doesn't mean that elderly people get, can't get saved. They can't enter into salvation and a relationship with Jesus. We know that that's not true. God can save and, and works with people. But just on a normal scale, the longer a person, especially if they've sensed God dealing with them, especially if they sense God calling them, inviting them, and they've said, nope, 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 the harder and more desensitized their spirit, their heart becomes to the voice of God. And, we all, and the less sensitive they become to their own guilt and shame. It's imperative that a person discover Christ early in their life. It's, it's so vital and so important. This is why we share the good news with all. I mean, God, we, want, we, we would love to see people give a whole lifetime to their devotion and service to Jesus to make an impact in this world for the sake of his kingdom, for the good of other people. But when we refuse, we say no, it, the longer we have to deal with guilt and shame and the deeper the roots guilt and shame begin to take inside of our own hearts and our lives. We'll continue talking about how God has dealt with our guilt and shame, Lord willing, when we get back together tomorrow.